the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. You know, some people are like that with their sin. Instead of just completely forsaking their sin and being grateful for the mercy of God and being grateful, God, thank you that you saved me. Thank you that you've delivered me from this sin. I just want to make a few little changes. Yeah, I'm glad I got out of Sodom before you destroyed it, but I'll just change a few little things in my life. And the reason they do that is they still want to mess around with stuff, right? They don't really want to give it up. And so they try to negotiate. One of the saddest stories within the book of Genesis is the story of Lot's wife. When they were being rescued from Sodom before its destruction, they were told not to look back. But Lot's wife looked back and then turned into a pillar of salt. Can you imagine what that must have been like? In today's message, Pastor Dan will encourage you also to not look back. When the Lord rescues you from dark and sinful places, it's for a reason. So don't go back there. It will only lead to pain and destruction. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 19 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. There's a wonderful passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? That's not the wonderful part, okay? (laughs) The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Don't be deceived, he says. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then he gives us this list. And then he says, I love this, and such were some of you. Past tense. He doesn't say, and such are some of you. He says, and such were some of you. But you were washed You were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Such were some of you, but not anymore. It doesn't describe who you are anymore now that you're in Christ and Jesus has washed away your sins and you've been sanctified and justified by Him. And you've been forgiven and you've been made new in Jesus Christ. That's who you used to be, but Jesus Christ has set you free. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful that there's forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ, no matter what the sin may be? So these men show up. They demand that these two men be sent out so that they can know them carnally. And so Lot went out to them through the doorway. He shuts the door behind him. You can picture that in your mind. Now watch what he says. He says, please, my brethren, do not do so wickedly. 
Lot says, please, my brethren. My brethren? My brothers? Lot calls them my brethren? Righteous Lot? This shows just how compromised Lot had become living in Sodom. He is a friend of the world. You know, the Apostle Paul says, what fellowship does righteousness have with lawlessness? And he goes on in verse 8 to say, See, now I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you, and you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men, since this is the reason they have come under the shadow of my roof. What in the world? He offers his two virgin daughters to this crowd of men. So the men of the city can abuse them and do whatever they want with his own daughters. He's willing to hand over his daughters to the men of the city. It's just unthinkable that he would do this. Lot has lost his moral compass living in Sodom. He's been living in Sodom so long that the values of Sodom have rubbed off on him and shaped his decisions for his family. I mean, it's really difficult to live in the world and not have the world influence your morals when you're trying to keep a biblical standard for your family. But Lot's not trying to. He's compromised. He's worldly. And so now he is making decisions the way that the people of Sodom would make decisions regarding his family, his daughters. So verse 9, And they said to Lot, Stand back! And they said, this one came in to stay here, speaking of Lot, and he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. I can't imagine what that could be. So they pressed hard against the man Lot and came near to break down the door. So this mob now became, becomes violent and militant. They threaten violence against Lot, saying, stand back. Get out of our way. You can't stop us from doing what we want to do. Who are you to call what we're doing wicked? Who are you to act like our judge? Who are you to judge us and say we're wrong for wanting to do this? Ever hear that kind of talk? Who are you to judge me? Who are you to say my lifestyle's wrong? Sure you've heard that. Ever see people respond with anger and violence and militancy for calling their behavior wicked? Or ungodly? Or sinful? Sure. And this mob is about to break down the door and take what they want by force. And so verse 10, the two angels, the men that are inside the house, they reached out their hands and they pulled Lot into the house with them and they shut the door. Again, you can kind of picture this, the door opening a crack and an arm coming out and yanking Lot back inside uh, the house. And they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great. Man, you don't want to mess with angels. They struck the men with blindness so that they became weary trying to find the door. Even though they were struck with blindness, they're still groping for trying to find the doorknob to get into the house. Blindness didn't even stop their aggression. You know, in the book of Acts, in the New Testament, Saul of Tarsus was struck with blindness on the road to Damascus. And when he was struck with blindness, man, it stopped him in his tracks. He immediately showed humility towards the Lord. Immediately. You'd think getting struck with blindness would humble the men of Sodom and make them stop. But they're still trying to break down the door. That shows how driven they are by their depravity. 
And there's, there's no stopping them. Some people are just so driven by their sin. It doesn't matter what affliction they may experience. They still go after it. They still pursue it. It doesn't matter how destructive it is in their life or to their family. They still go after that sin. And that was the men of Sodom. Then the men, the angels, said to Lot, Have you anyone else here, son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, or whomever you have in the city? Take them out of this place, for we will destroy this place, because the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord. God sees everything that is happening in this world. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. And so Lot went out, and he spoke to his sons-in-law, who had married his daughters, And he said to his sons-in-law, get up, get out of this place for the Lord Yahweh will destroy this city. But to his sons-in-law, he seemed to be joking. Lot's sons-in-law had been around Lot and they had seen his lifestyle. And now suddenly Lot is talking about God and coming judgment and his sons-in-law think that Lot is joking. I mean, this says a lot about Lot, doesn't it? You know, Lot had spent so much time fitting into Sodom that suddenly when he tries to stand up for God and stand up for righteousness, his family thinks it's a joke. And they don't take him seriously. Because of his worldliness, because of his carnality, because of his compromise, Lot has no credibility with his family. He's got no moral authority here where now he's trying to talk to his family about God and about judgment and escaping that judgment, and nobody takes him seriously in the family. And let me ask you, if you took a stand for God, if you took a stand for righteousness, would your friends and family listen to you? Or would they think you're joking? You're trying to be funny, talking about God all of a sudden, or talking about coming judgment or getting right with God. Would they think it's just a big joke? says a lot about Lot's testimony, his witness, and the way that he lived in front of his family, that they don't take him seriously. So when the morning dawned, verse 15, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. Look at verse 16. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him, And they brought him out. They dragged him out and set him outside the city. The angels told Lot to take his family, you know, the parts of his family that would go with him and flee the city. But Lot lingered. Judgment's coming. You got to get out of here. And Lot lingered. He didn't want to leave Sodom. He didn't want to give up his life in Sodom. So much so that the angels had to take them by the hand and drag them out of the city. The world had such a strong grip on Lot, such a strong grip on Lot's family. And so it came to pass when they had brought them outside that he said, escape for your life, run for your life. Do not look behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plain. You got to get out of here. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. And then Lot said to them, please know my lords. Indeed, now your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have increased your mercy, which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains, lest some evil overtake me and I die. See now, this city, this city is near enough to flee to, and it's a little city. 
Please let me escape there. Is it not just a little city? And my soul shall live. And he said to him, See, I have favored you concerning this thing also, and that I will not overthrow the city for which you have spoken. The angel said to Lot, Flee to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. Run for your lives. You've got to go to the mountains. And Lot said, No, I don't want to go to the mountains. I want to go to that city over there. Can I go to that city? I'd rather go live in that city. It's a small city. It's smaller than Sodom. Can I just live in that city? And the world can really have a hold on a person. God is trying to deliver Lot from destruction, and Lot is trying to negotiate. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m., I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. Lot is trying to make a deal, like God is Monty Hall or something like that. I don't really want to go live in the mountains. I like city life. I really enjoyed myself in Sodom. I don't want to go live in the boring mountains. I want to live in another city. So I can experience some of the same stuff that I enjoyed while living in Sodom. I know if I go live in those mountains, it's not going to be like that. So can I just go live in that city? I mean, you'd think Lot would say, hey, I'm just thankful to be alive. I'm thankful you saved me. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. I don't care. Mountains, whatever. Like, yes, sir, I'm on my way to the mountains. If that's where you want me to go, just thank you for saving my life. Right? But he wants to go live in that city because he knows it'll be a lot like Sodom. And a lot of the worldly things he enjoyed in Sodom, he will find in that city. You know, some people are like that with their sin. Instead of just completely forsaking their sin and being grateful for the mercy of God and being grateful, God, thank you that you saved me. Thank you that you've delivered me from this sin. I just want to make a few little changes. Yeah, I'm glad I got out of Sodom before you destroyed it, but I'll just change a few little things in my life. And the reason they do that is they still want to mess around with stuff, right? They don't really want to give it up. And so they try to negotiate. Verse 22. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore, the name of that city was called Zoar. Notice God delivers the righteous before he pours out his judgment. And he doesn't pour out his judgment until the righteous have safely escaped out of the city. At the end of the age, God will pour out his judgment upon the earth in what's called the tribulation. But before he pours out his judgment, he's going to deliver his church from the earth in the rapture. The church will go up before the judgment comes down. And we will be safely with Jesus before God pours out his wrath upon this earth. Verse 23, the sun had risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zoar. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. And so he overthrew those cities, all the plain, all the inhabitants of the cities, and what grew on the ground, so the vegetation. But Lot's wife looked back behind him. 
And she became a pillar of salt. Lot's wife, Mrs. Lot, she looks back. Remember the angel said, flee, don't look back. And Lot's wife looks back. And the idea here is she looked back longingly. She didn't just glance over her shoulder as she's running. She stops and turns around and she's looking back at Sodom and she really wants to go back there. She doesn't want to leave Sodom behind. She wants to go back. Her heart was in Sodom. She loved the pleasures of Sodom. She loved the pleasures of Sodom more than she loved being saved, more than she loved salvation. And so she was turned into a pillar of salt. I guess you could say she was assaulted, right? She became a podium of sodium. How about that? I've got books with these things at home. You know, you just wait as a pastor, sometimes for years, to use those things. Here's the thing, though. In the New Testament, in the Gospels, Luke 17, Jesus warns those living in the last days, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. And then he says, right after he says, remember Lot's wife, he says, whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life will preserve it. Lot's wife wanted to save her old life in Sodom, and so she lost her new life God wanted to give her. Don't love your old life more than your new life in Christ. Don't love your old life more than your new life in Christ. And there are some Christians who love their old life more than they love the new life in Christ. Verse 27 And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. Out drinking his morning coffee, going for a walk. And then he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain. And he saw and behold the smoke of the land which went up like smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain. Notice verse 29. That God remembered Abraham and sent out Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. Why did God spare Lot from judgment? Because of Abraham. God remembered Abraham and the promise he made to Abraham and sent Lot out. The word remembered here, it doesn't mean that God forgot about Abraham. The word remembered means to act on behalf of. To act on behalf of. God took action on behalf of Abraham and rescued Lot. Why does God rescue us from the judgment to come? Because God remembers his son, Jesus Christ. God takes action on behalf of his son, Jesus Christ, and rescues us and saves us. Not because we deserve it, but because of his son. Verse 30, and we're almost finished. Then Lot went up out of Zoar and dwelt in the mountains. He ends up in the mountains anyways. And his two daughters were with him. This is all that he has left from his family. For he was afraid to dwell in Zoar. And he and his two daughters dwelt in a cave. Remember how the chapter began? He was sitting in the city gate of Sodom. He was a leader of the city. Now he's living in a cave. Now the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is no man on the earth to come in to us, as is the custom of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him. Let's get dad drunk, and we'll lie with him, that we may preserve the lineage of our father. So they made their father drink 
wine that night, and the firstborn went in and lay with her father, and he did not know, because he was so drunk, when she lay down or when she arose, he's passed out drunk. And it happened on the next day that the firstborn said to the younger, Indeed, I lay with my father last night. Let us make him drink wine tonight also, and you go in and lie with him, that we may preserve the lineage of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night also, and the younger arose and lay with him, and he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. Thus both the daughters of Lot were with child by their father. And the firstborn bore a son and called his name Moab, He is the father of the Moabites to this day. And the younger, she also bore a son and called his name Ben-Ami. He is the father of the people of Ammon to this day. Now, Lot's daughters grew up in Sodom. They grew up in Sodom, and they have the morality of Sodom. Lot raised his kids in Sodom, and his daughters act like people from Sodom. They get their father drunk. They sleep with him. They get pregnant by him. Lot's, you know compromise didn't only ruin his own morality, it ruined the morality of his family. It ruined the morality of his children as well, living in Sodom. And so from these incestuous relationships come uh, the people of Ammon and the people of Moab. And the people of Ammon, the Ammonites and the Moabites, became the arch enemies of Israel throughout their history. In our Thursday night study of Ezekiel, we've just recently talked about God's judgment of the Ammonites and the Moabites because of their treatment of the people of Israel. So, just a few things that we learn from Lot in closing here. Uh, One lesson we learn from Lot is the choices we make are important. Choices we make for life are important. Where we choose to live, the job we choose to take, where we choose to raise our kids, the environment we choose for our family, our choices have consequences. Lot chose to live in Sodom, and it destroyed his family morally and spiritually. We should always seek first the kingdom of God in the choices we make. We should always ask questions like, will this decision bring me closer to God? Will this decision bring my family closer to God? Is this a good decision for my family's spiritual health and well-being? These are the kinds of questions we should ask. Another lesson we learn is that compromise and worldliness, it has consequences. It has consequences. Compromise and worldliness has consequences. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're a follower of Jesus Christ, but you are living a worldly life and a carnal life. and You're at home in the world and you're at home around worldly people and ungodly people and wicked people. What the Bible says is wicked. There are consequences to that. It's going to have ramifications in your life. If you have a family, it's going to have ramifications in the life of your family. And finally, uh, the final lesson that we learn from this story is that God will one day judge the entire earth in a similar way to how he judged Sodom. Second Peter tells us the earth will be dissolved with a fervent heat. God will destroy the earth one day with fire, and he'll make a new heaven and a new earth. Just as he destroyed Sodom with fire and brimstone, God will one day destroy this earth. There's a judgment that is coming. God has provided a way to escape the judgment, and that is through faith in Jesus Christ. 
Judgment is coming, but you don't have to go through the judgment if you put your trust in Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection. He asked me how I know, and I say, brings truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Genesis. Although some might view Genesis simply as a historical account of genealogies, the undercurrent throughout this book entails a broader understanding of God's nature toward His people. You're introduced to God's care and concern for His creation, how sin stained what God had created, and what God intended to do to atone for the sin that overshadowed the world altogether. God's plan included a Savior that would envelop His creation in love and sacrifice that might seem incomprehensible to the average person. But God's ways are higher than anything that we as humans can understand. Yet He chose to come to our level anyway. That's a Creator God who's invested for the long haul. If anything about today's message has struck a chord with you, we'd like to talk with you. Please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. If you're not connected yet with a local church, we highly encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your growing faith. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Dan will have more to share from the book of Genesis next time, right here on Ring of Truth. Recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know his voice and it only takes willingness and a conscious choice. You need not guess there's a ring of truth that is unmistakable. And knowing that you cannot find alone. And if you listen carefully and sometimes even if you don't, you can hear. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.